Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this cosmic bubble universe, I hope that you are able to be aware of the high strangeness that's been in our lives for the past several weeks and especially the past several days. Now, this has been happening for many people. Many of you have written me and said, things are just really, really weird. I feel strange. Um, One of the things that's happened for me is coming back into my body as I don't know how to describe it exactly, but suddenly my body feels tingly all over like I'm energizing, like I've been beaming down from, well, the NCC 1701, (laughs) you know, just like the old fashioned Star Trek. That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm beaming down into my body. It's such a weird feeling. I feel fuzzy and strange and I'm not aware of my body. I can't feel my body at all. And then all of a sudden I just feel this energizing. And before I would just wake up or I'd feel like I'm whooshing in my body or like I'm hovering above it. And then I wish into my body. And now I feel like my body itself is less dense And so it's all very tingly, like I have to reanimate my body and also like I am creating, (laughs) creating my body as well as reanimating it, which is very weird. I I don't know how to describe it. It, It's just a, a weird sensation, but I wrote down some of the things that I have been noticing the high strangeness in my life. I've been hopping timeline after timeline after timeline. It's just been so many timelines. Um, let me ask God in the past two weeks, do I have permission to ask how many timelines I've gone up? Have I gone down any? No, zero. Have I gone up? Yes. Have I gone up more than 20 in the past two weeks? Crap. That's a yes. Have I gone up more than 30 timelines in the past two weeks? No. Have I gone up more than 21 timelines in the past two weeks? Yes. Have I been okay? Prime creator. Have I gone, have I hopped up into uh, 23 lifetimes. I mean, parallel lifetimes. Have I hopped timelines more than 23 times? No. Have, have I hopped timelines 23 times? Yes. That's how you do that. So I'm using muscle testing to ask these questions. 23 timelines I've hopped up. They're two and a half percent different. Each one is two and a half percent different than the one before. 
and yet my life does not look radically different. So I don't know. It's like the world, (laughs) everything is changing, but everything is just changing in just minuscule amounts every time. Barely noticeable changes, but I've noticed these weird little changes. And I've been aware of hopping the timelines as I'm hopping the timelines. Everything gets kind of weird. Everything gets still and quiet. I don't hear any noise anymore outside. Like the bugs, the birds, nothing, no, nothing, no music, no people, no nothing. Everything gets still and quiet. Like you're in the eye of the tornado, (laughs) that kind of still I've been in the eye of the tornado. (laughs) I uh, think a tornado went overhead, but never touched down when I was in Minneapolis with my stepmom and her best friend from college and my little brother. And we were in an underground parking facility, scared that the building above us was going to fall. And I remember, like they said, oh God, you hear the freight train. And there was no train tracks anywhere around there. A tornado sounds like a freight train. We heard the tornado freight train sound. And then we heard nothing. And it felt like we were in a vacuum and we couldn't hear a damn thing. And we, we all got really quiet. Like we were staring at each other like, holy shit. And then my stepmother said, we're in the eye of the tornado. And I remember thinking, holy shit. <laughs> and and uh, her friend said, but it didn't touch down because we would have already, you know, been in a world of hurt. So it's like we could hear it. It was right above us. It was really creepy. And the only reason we were seen in the car is because we knew that there was a tornado. We had just pulled in. We knew there's a tornado that um, was in the area. And we figured we'd be safer there than in the building. I don't know why, but that's what we figured. You know, if we were in the parking garage, it seemed like it was a bigger structure. I don't know, more steel, (laughs) you know, like it was underground. So we figured we'd be safer underground than above the ground anyway. So that's how it gets. It's that quiet, like the eye of the hurricane or the eye of the tornado, some kind of eye, <laughs> some eye related reference. Anyway, it, it feels like you're like that. There's suddenly no, and then all of a sudden you, you feel slight pull, like a pulling sensation in your whole body over like to the right. And it's happened to me where I've been feeling like I'm pulling forward a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes I don't feel as much of a pull, but just like my heart seems to skip a beat for a minute. And now I'm like, <gasps> and I have to have a, like a deeper breath, kind of like a, like I stop breathing for a second, kind of a weird, kind of a glitch. And then I just feel totally different. Like I'm getting used to being in a brand new body, which is like my old body, but maybe two and a half percent different. <laughs> I don't know, but it's very, very weird. So I've noticed that this has happened a lot in the past two weeks, obviously 23 jumps I've made. So, um, I mean, to the point where conversations I've had with people, they don't remember, they don't remember those at all, (laughs) not even a little bit. So this is what I've noticed in my life. And I wonder if you guys have had weird, similar things like this example is only, you know, to do with me personally, but it's something that I noticed. This is like an example. So I had a water bottle or I have a water bottle that I use to clean things. And, um, in the, in the morning, 
um, I had uh, filled it with water and I used it to uh, clean uh, the sides of the shower, like all the soap off the shower, right? So then I put it um, in the sink and in the afternoon, the bottle, um, the top of the bottle was um, completely closed and the nozzle was a different shape, which was very, very odd. Like, I, in fact, I think it was filled with water as well. So I didn't leave it like that. I just, you know, had left it in the one way, but it's now, it doesn't open as much as it used to, which is very, very weird. Uh, so stuff like that, like really weird, like minuscule things like that. You're like, what? That's so random, right? But then um, my cat was very distant towards me for several days in a row. And then I hopped over a few uh, timelines yesterday and suddenly my cat was all day today, very affectionate, very needy, didn't ask to go outside at all um, until very late in the afternoon. And then she left for like an hour and then came home and that was it. She did leave out a second time for 30 minutes, but she felt um, like uncomfortable coming home because the neighbors uh, were eating outside on our um, shared balcony. We have like a, it's kind of like a balcony, I guess. And um, it's like pretty wide, but uh, she has to go up the stairs and pass their house in order to get here. And my uh, neighbor um, has his, um, girlfriend and her son, their son, and then, um, her cousin came. And so they're all like living together right now. And that's another weird, uh, effect, a Mandela effect, maybe personal Mandela effect. I don't even know. But, uh, when the day before they, or the day they were going to arrive and they hadn't gotten here yet, he said, he told me they're coming here for, um, for the weekend. They're going to be here for about three days or a few days. And now I kind of remember him saying three. And I also remember him saying a few, which I'm thinking three or four. A few is four. Well, now, um, what the cousin told me today, they're going to be there for, I said, so are you going to go back tomorrow? Don't you have work where you live? He's like, Oh yeah, I've got work. I'm like, so don't you have to get back to your work? You've been gone for like four days. And he's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm off work for one month. We're going to stay here for a month. And I'm like, that's really weird because I always assumed it was going to be three days and now it's been four days and it feels like four months no. <laughs> uh, because you know, they keep coming and knocking on the door and talking to me and staring in the window and all kinds of more awkwardness than that. Um, the guy is giving me all sorts of bizarre, like the first day he met me, he kept staring at my body, objectifying me. And then he asked if he, if he wanted, if I wanted company walking to the pizza place, I'm like, all right, Ugh, you know, it's uncomfortable a little bit being around him, but okay. I mean, like he's nice, polite, but then he has these weird habits and then all these red flags. So the next day he walked to the store with me and on the way back, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Like what? I've known you like one hour, <laughs> you know, 30 minutes yesterday and not even 20 minutes today, less than an hour. And then today, you know, a couple days later, he's now asking me if, uh, he can uh, move in and live with me. 
and he told me he loved me. It's been three days. It's like, I don't even date you. I'm not dating you. I told you I'm not interested. So there's all kinds of weird and awkward shit going on right now with that. It's like, what the hell? You know, it's like, is it a sign from the universe saying, get out there more or, you know, or, or, and what I think it is more than that. I mean, just like some rando shows up on my doorstep literally and now lives here for a month randomly saying, I want to be your boyfriend. And it's like, I don't, I'm not dating. I'm not looking for anybody. I'm waiting for my twin flame. In fact, I expect my twin flame will write me or call me any day now. And I'm not gonna, why? I'm not trying to look for karma. You know, I told him all these things about me. I'm the archangel of death, didn't deter him. I like UFOs and extraterrestrials, didn't deter him. In fact, he's so very, has so very little interest in who I am as a human being that he has no answer for any of the weird stuff that I talk about. Other than, I love you and I want to move with you. And it's like, I think it's just because he's tired of living in a tent at <laughs> in the apartment next door. It's like, no, there's not enough room for me. Like, this is just me, you know? Like, I do not have enough room to even have a roommate, let alone uh, a Insta boyfriend. I'm not looking for, you know, just add water <laughs> or, you know, just add tequila, Insta boyfriend. I'm not interested in that. It's kind of weird. I'm just like, dude, why? You know, I have noticed more people interested in me lately. I don't know what that is. I think it's the universe testing me before my twin comes into my life. I don't know. And every time I'm like, sorry, sorry, Charlie, not interested. You know, (laughs) it's like, I, I don't think so. I think about the future visions I have in my love and nothing's going to compare to this love for me. So literally zero interest in starting up something with a rando, you know, it's like, sorry, but anyway, uh, usually this is what I do every single Friday. I go to the pizza parlor, usually by myself this week, you know, this guy came, but he had already eaten his pizza because he had already been there an hour before. So that was also kind of odd, but it's like, okay, you know, I could use company. Why not, you know, get to know you type of thing. And all he wanted to do is sit next to me and put his arm around me and make me super fucking uncomfortable. So I'm just like, no, sorry, I need my privacy. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, look, I might have diarrhea again. I gotta go. Bye. You know, I'm like locking the door behind him. Like, take a fucking hint, dude. But anyway, uh, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. Like, I don't even know what to do. Like, it's all weird. Anyway, so I, I have this pizza. And usually what I do is I eat four pieces the first day. They're not there. It's, it's just one size. It's like kind of a medium pizza or maybe even in the U S by U S standards, like a smaller pizza, but I usually eat four pieces the first day. And then the second day I either eat two or four pieces. I might stretch it out for the whole weekend. So I've got a pizza weekend, right? And this pizza is really good. It's like high quality chia seeds and everything. Well, yesterday, no, I mean not yesterday. Um, was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday was my last day. I had two pieces of pizza left and I'm going to eat them. And usually after I eat one piece of pizza, I'm like, okay, I'm still a little bit peckish. I'm going to have the other one. And I usually wait five or 10 minutes. Well, I had my first piece of pizza and I just felt kind of like, all right, I hadn't eaten all day. It was the first thing I ate. And, um, then it was like, all right, I'm going to eat the other piece of pizza. 
hopped a timeline or two, and suddenly I am full, like I just ate four pieces of pizza, like really full. Hop another timeline, and I'm back down to, like, there's a piece of pizza still left in the fridge. So basically, when I topped the timeline, there was like nothing in the fridge. And I just had the knowledge of, oh yeah, I just finished that piece of, those last pieces of pizza. I had a remembrance of putting the bag in the um, freezer because I will use it next week and I didn't want, you know, the little bits of pizza, pieces of pizza in the bag to go moldy or whatever. I don't know what I was thinking, but that I had a remembrance of that. And then I have to another timeline. I'm like, wait, I have another piece of pizza. And then I realized I'm not full anymore. It was the weirdest sensation. Like I'm not full. And then I am super full. And then I'm not full again. And it was over the span of like 10 minutes. <laughs> it was like, like whoosh. Oh, I can't eat another bite. Whoosh. Oh, wow. I'm hungry again. <laughs> like It was so weird. And normally eating two pieces, I'm good. And for like six or seven hours again, I don't need to eat like, it's filling pizza, right? So it's, it's a weird example, but how can you, you know, go from not full to extremely full to not full in a matter of like five, 10 minutes. It's not, (laughs) it's not normal, at least not for me. So, um, so the situation yeah, let me see. I wrote the situation is the same. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing was, this is very weird. I have my asthma inhaler and it was more than half full and it went down to practically empty over the course of like one day and I had made four hops. So that's another example. So you have an inhaler, you know, you're good to go on that for another two weeks and then suddenly you're, you know, you're gonna have to replace it now in like three, four days. That's very odd, very weird, very awkward. So that's, that's something. Um, another thing that's kind of disturbing me is, and I've got to have to now search my whole house. Normally next to my computer, I have, um, my little one terabyte, uh, gig, you know, hard drive that it's an external hard drive where I could put, all my documents and whatever on it. And I have like programs that I purchased, like expensive $200 programs, you know, um, like final draft for, uh, to write screenplays and, you know, so Hollywood stuff, it's kind of expensive. Plus my Hollywood screenplays I've written. I have all this stuff on this hard drive and it's always on my desk. It's got, it's not even here. I don't even know what the hell happened to it. And, um, these people didn't take it from me because there were more obvious choices. If you're going to take something that's going to be worth anything to anybody would be my computer, my tablet money. I had lying around and all of that was still here. So I know that no one took it and I watched them. I was like sitting right here. They were here. You know, the little boy was in here. He took my little, I had a Tic Tac uh, thing that I'd eaten all the Tic Tacs out of and I was going to use it as a pill holder Next thing I know, that little kid swiped it and took, he came in my house, swiped it and walked out. And, um, but that's all he had in his hand. Why would he need a, a terabyte external hard drive? It doesn't make sense. You know, they don't even have a computer. So it's like, what? They wouldn't even know what that is. Like, it's not a camera. It's not anything obvious what it is. It's black. It's just kind of boring looking. Well, that's gone. And so I feel like I'm going to hop into the timeline and it'll be here 
or it's on my table and I misplaced it, which could also be the case because I did go through here and fix some things. But, um, I've, I've had glitches in the matrix where I'm staring at my little, um, Duende, which is my house fairy. And it's a little doll that, um, somebody channeled the, the, um, features of an actual fairy. And then the fairy inhabits the body of this thing to interact with the material world. It's kind of creepy, but I love these things. I want more of them. They're adorable. And, um, I call her Ariana and, um, Ariana is, um, really sweet. She's like a little old lady looking, um, being, and I, uh, was staring at her yesterday and she freaking winked at me. She freaking closed her eye and then opened it again. And that really freaked me out because I have not charged her up in like seven months, maybe five or six months because, um, every time we have a full moon, it's either overcast or rainy and you're supposed to charge her up only in the full moon. She herself told me today I could charge up her vessel in 10 minutes. The next time we have sun instead of all night in the full moon. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be really freaky, but I'm going to try it. We'll see. She has hematite eyes. <laughs> you know, it's really strange. So anyway, um, she's very mesmerizing, you know, the cat is always trying to eat her. <laughs> I think the cat's slightly jealous of her, but anyway, um, so some weird and random things start happening on Instagram where all of the people I follow are either friends and family, you know, just people I actually know in real life. Um, you know, people I met during my travels or, um, spiritual people, like really spiritual people. So suddenly out of nowhere, I hopped a couple timelines and now I'm following anti-vaxxers and, um, people that are, um, into deep, unprovable conspiracy theories that, I mean, I like a good conspiracy theory if they make sense, but these people were not making any sense and their, um, names were really awkward, like a bunch of X's and G's and R's wasn't even a word. It's like, I wouldn't follow anyone like that, like at all. So that's really awkward and weird. And I had to unfollow several people that it looked like I had followed. And yet I had not followed any of these people. So that was very odd. And, uh, but I have had during all of these hops, I've had probably four times now it said, we're sorry. You're having a hard time getting back into your Instagram. And it's like, I've never checked out to check back into my Instagram. I'm always on Instagram. So I've never had an issue one way or the other trying to get in. Cause I'm already in, I'm always hundred percent in. So either I'm being hacked or someone's trying to figure out my password and they haven't figured it out yet. And they can't because then I just get the message saying, this is how you get your new password. And I don't need my new password because I already have it. You know, I already know what my password is. I know how to fix it. Like it's, it's, it's weird. So it might be a hacking issue or a glitch in the matrix. I don't know which one I've never said to Instagram probably in the past year that I don't know my own password. So that's very odd. Um, so uh, yeah, I had to like delete all these people that are just like 
science doesn't exist for these people. It's like, no, these aren't people that I'd normally follow. And then, and then another thing happened that yesterday, um, one of the people I normally follow that puts out only spiritual stuff, put out an anti-vaxxing kind of, um, post. And they said that, uh, potassium chloride is extremely dangerous because it's what is in the, um, injections that they put for, um, that they put for, uh, inmates. Right. And I'm like, this is total bullshit. This is a lie. This is not even real science because potassium chloride is something I've been, um, uh, given as a pill to take as a supplement when I take diuretics, which deplete the body of potassium. So I thought that was odd. And so I went to Google, I did a quick search. I was going to cut and paste saying this is the actual reality of potassium chloride. Everybody don't believe this post. It's just meant to scare people. You know, if you're going to pick an ingredient, there might be other scary ingredients in the vaccine, but potassium chloride is nothing. That's just potassium with a little bit of salt attached to it because that's how the molecule is more stable. And so I was going to put that as, uh, you know, to get people not be so fucking scared about shit that they know nothing about, but they're like going up in arms for nothing like chicken little, you know? Um, so I went back to Instagram and it only took me like two, three seconds. The post was gone and the, uh, one before it and the one after it, those posts were gone and they were just like my normal feed. It was my normal feed. And I was, I mean, I looked for like an hour and I couldn't, and I wasted my life for an hour looking cause it was freaking me out. Like where the hell are those posts? It wasn't, I mean, one post disappearing. Okay, fine. Someone maybe thought maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe that doesn't make sense or, but this was an older post that came on my feed. Like it was a brand new thing. It already had like 23 comments. So it must've been put out there yesterday or a couple days ago and suddenly it does not exist. It is nowhere to be found. It was just gone. So click and, and, and then the posts all around it. I did not recognize any of the posts. They were completely different. Like I hopped a timeline while I was looking up the um, definition of what potassium chloride is. <laughs> it was so weird. These are the weird strangenesses that are happening. The high strangeness that is happening in my life on a personal level. And many of you have told me that you've had some weird, weird glitchy shit. Like, um, I wrote one of you a direct message on, um, on Instagram and my words that I typed and your words that you typed, you know, that said the person had typed, they were melded together in the screen. She did a screenshot and sent it to me. She said, what the actual fuck is happening? Look at this. And my words I had written were layered over her words. Now, when you write something, all of your words are on the right hand side. All of the other person's words are on the left hand side. That's how you tell the difference between my conversation and your conversation. Like, you know, the parts of the conversation that makes it more obvious, right? But my words were moved over to her side and it was all glitched and it was melted together where you could barely read her words and my words. And she's like, what the actual fuck is that? So those kinds of weird glitches are happening. Um, 
uh, computer glitches are happening. A lot of, uh, internet glitches are happening. Um, a lot of things like if you're playing a video game and then all of a sudden the, the, the internet cuts out and now you're like two or three levels below where you were almost like it didn't save or, you know, you did something and now it's just doesn't even exist anymore. And there's a lot of weird glitches. I don't, a lot of weird, you know, tablet, phone, computer style, uh, uh glitches. Um, so let's see. Um, I went to write a friend on Facebook. So it's not only Instagram and she suddenly has two accounts. The one with the face uh, the, of her, the picture of her that I recognized, <clears throat> the one that I always write to her on, uh, I opened it up and there was zero messages. <laughs> and that was very, very weird. There was no messages. And this is somebody I talked to, I've been talking to for years, a good friend of mine from the East Coast and nothing, nothing at all. And so then I went to the less familiar account and suddenly every message we'd ever sent to each other was there. But it was a family picture of her and her, all, all of her family. Like, okay, so that's fine. Maybe she changed it. But what about the other one? Where'd that come from? That was odd. Um, websites that used to be permanent or prominent with certain uh, word searches that I have <clears throat> known about for years and years and years suddenly are gone. I can't find them. And suddenly I can't remember the name of them. You know, like very, very... Um, they're not famous or popular, but they're very prominent in my personal life because uh, I used to be a mystery shopper, and um, it was how I signed up to 100 mystery shopping uh, companies, you know, secret shopper type of thing. And um, I was trying to send it to a friend of mine, and it just doesn't exist anymore. So that was very, very weird, and then I couldn't remember the, the name of it. I'm like, this is weird. So I'm still going to look. Google might have changed their algorithm. And, and the website was very awkward and pink. It was like a weird, like a salmon pink. It wasn't um, a very pretty website. It was awkwardly made and like slap, slipshod, slapped together, kind of like a homemade website. But this one particular page was very professionally, um, even though it was pink, it was like a weird pink it was actually professionally done and it made it very easy to sign up for 100 different websites, um, to become a mystery shopper. And, um, I can't find it anymore. It's weird. Um, but again, that could be an algorithm. So it might not be a glitch in the matrix. Uh, let me see. Um, but it's almost like my brain has zero memory of what it was called. And I keep trying and trying. It's like, I have to reach across time and space uh, in order to remember this website. It's so weird. Um, foods that I would normally have a craving for completely changed. Now this could be not a glitch in the matrix as much as I hopped into a body that doesn't like these things. Or, um, like when I see uh, strawberries, I don't get hungry for them. I don't want them. I don't care that's not like me. Um, I suddenly started, uh, ordering or I mean buying yogurt that has zero flavor, zero, um, sugar, just plain yogurt. And I'm just eating that and it tastes amazing. Whereas, um, several timelines ago, it did not taste good to me at all. The same yogurt, I would buy it, but I'd have to add fruit. I'd have to add fruit juice. I'd have to sweeten it. And now I'm like, I don't even care anymore. 
I don't want the sugar at all. That's another, that could be an ascension symptom. So, uh, cravings, uh, for foods that were normal for me to have cravings for, like I cannot wait to eat bread. I just like I had bread yesterday and I was like, eh, you know, I ate it, filled the hole, whatever, you know, like I didn't care. That was very weird. Um, pancakes, waffles, crepes, these kinds of things that I was always like, Ooh, I can't wait to have waffles with strawberries and whipped cream, you know, and, and where I live, um, I'm like a five minute ride, maybe even a three minute ride away from an alley. It's like an alleyway that cars don't go down. It's only a walking alley and they call it a breakfast alley. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, this country's made for me and they have breakfast alley and there's like 10 little stalls. Um, they're open air stalls. They have like bamboo, um, roofs, like thatch roofs, like super, super primitive, like primitive little huts. And inside each of these stalls, people have blenders and fruit and they make uh, fruit salads and, um, waffles and pancakes and crepes and with, um, caramel on them and chocolate and, and, um, uh, like, uh, tres leches and like all this amazing, you know, it's very desserty, but it's also breakfasty, right? And you can have like eggs and, and bacon in some of these places, like eggs, bacon, hash brown, you know, and toast or, you know, these luxurious, and it's only $2 <laughs> to have a huge like Belgian waffle or two Belgian waffles with whipped cream and strawberries and, or five kinds of fruit. They'll say the tropical fruit one with, you know, coconut and mango and papaya and whatever. And I haven't wanted this at all. Not even once. I don't crave fruit anymore. I don't know if that's a glitch in the matrix or I'm changing in a really funky way. <laughs> Normally I love fruit, want it. Now I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it. That, so I don't know. For me, that is high strangeness. My whole life I've loved fruit. I don't know why I'm changing in this way. Um, so I was nowhere near my tablet. I think I told you guys that where like the things started to move and change. Nowhere near my tablet. That's an, another one is hovering my finger above my tablet where I'm getting ready to touch it. And I think it's my energy field. We'll click on... Um, will click on a website accidentally or, or like I'll, I'll put my, my finger over a website and I I'll be like an inch or two inches off my tablet and that website clicks like there's a camera inside the screen of my tablet that wasn't there four uh, hops ago. Um, <laughs> so the overlaying uh, of, I don't know. There's so many weird overlays. I don't know. That's one of them too. So, uh, another weird thing was, uh, yesterday morning I woke up and I, I, I'm like, you know what? I wonder how many more days left I have in July because I still haven't started my stupid job. I've been putting it off. I've been, I don't even know. I have no excuse other than I've been filled with, um, anxiety and trauma energy. And I've been trying to like work through that suddenly more, you know, now that I, you know, for two weeks I've been like this. And now I look yesterday, I look and it was the 28th of July yesterday. And I looked on my tablet and it was the 28th of July. I'm like, how the hell is it the 28th already? Like, my God, it just doesn't feel like we were near the 28th at all. Like it made no sense. And I thought, God, 
I've really hopped several timelines because I remember it being the 19th and now it's the 28th. It makes no sense. And, um, then I went and made myself a cup of coffee and came back and sat down and suddenly it was the 26th. I'm like, what happened to my computer? There's something funky. And then I looked at my tablet. It was the 26th. In fact, guys, tomorrow is the 28th of July. (laughs) So what the hell was that? Monday, the 28th is not going to happen for two more years, or maybe it happened two years ago. I don't know which direction we're going in. I think it's going to be in two years. So did I really hop to the year 2023? And then I hopped back during one of my timeline jumps. That's freaking weird. I mean, I was like, really, I was really freaked out. Like, how is, how is it that weird? How is it that, how, how are we at the 28th already? It really freaked me out. And I knew that we're getting a little bit more towards it, but 26 sounded more right to me. 25th, 26th, right? So I don't know, guys. These are some of the high strangeness examples in my own personal life. I want to know about your own um, high strangeness. Um, I've had conversations with people that I absolutely know I had the conversation with, with information I know I gave to them. And then they ask me out of curiosity. I wonder if, and they asked me a question that I know for a fact, they asked me two, three weeks ago, I've already answered for them. And I figure, well, we've had so many conversations since then. They just forgot that they asked me. And then I give them the information and they go, no, you never told me that. I would have remembered if you told me that you never told me that. That's odd. That kind of thing. That's really weird. Really, really strange. Um, this has happened a couple times. So <laughs> I started asking God though, will we ever hop into a timeline in which people that we know and love who have already died, are we ever going to hop into a timeline in which they're still alive or the opposite? Are we ever going to hop into a timeline in which we're mourning the loss of somebody that two timelines ago, they were fine. And the answer was no on either, on either account. So as we hop timelines, as we go to parallel universes, just boop, 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 all the way up, up, up and higher in vibration. Um, don't worry about those kinds of things. However, some other major world things in history and our collective memory have changed. And that's what our show is about tonight. We're going to talk about new Mandela effects that I found on the all time channel of YouTube. We're going to talk about that. And, um, it's odd. I mean, it's really, really odd. We're going to, we're going to go, we're going to dive into this. Um, some of these are weird and some of these I have don't, I don't have the memory of these at all. Not even a little bit. And, um, but a lot of people like thousands of people are arguing online. No, it was like this. No, it was like that. And I even saw one of the monopoly ones, um, where everybody knows that Mr. Monopoly has a, uh, eyepiece in his eye and yet he doesn't and never has have has had a monocle or glasses. But I remember him having, um, a monocle over his right eye 
which as you look at the picture, it's on the left side of his head. And there was a a video I saw, which I didn't click on, but it shows him having a giant monocle on his left eye, which is as you look at the cartoon, it's on the right side of his head and really, really big. And it's just in the, the dangly part is just hanging loose. But I remember it being connected to his waistcoat from the left side. But now apparently he doesn't have one at all. <laughs> and and I, in, in the one I remember, it made his eye bigger and it made, and it was very thick, like thick uh, glasses. Like the, the black part that was drawn was very thick in the artwork. And now uh, what people remember is that it's very, very thin and big and his eye doesn't change size. <laughs> I mean, in the picture, in the, it's like the cartoon drawing of this Monopoly guy. I don't know. That's a very weird uh, Mandela effect. That's the first one I'm going to tell you about. But because um, it's just one that was random. It's, it's not a new one, but it's weird that the memory of the one way is different than the memory I have of that one way. Like, it's a totally different, it's like a third way. It's very, very weird but I just hopped from several timelines ago. So I'm having conversations with people. And then like the next day they will start in on that same conversation. And it's like, but we talked about this yesterday. No, we didn't. Oh shit. I, we did, but I, I hopped a timeline. So the conversation's happening 24 hours later. All right. I get it. And in some cases, the conversation's happening two or three or four months later. It's very weird. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it other than these are glitches in the matrix. We're in this cosmic bubble world and things are changing and shifting. And it's just weird. It's just odd. I don't know. Um, have you guys had any weird ones where you're like, you've lost five pounds and you feel great. And then you hop a timeline and suddenly you're like 10 pounds overweight more than you were. And you're like, what the hell? Then you hop another timeline and now you're back down to the five pounds that you've lost. You're normal. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure that these kinds of things are happening too. I know that, um, I had lost weight and now it feels like I had gained it back, but I didn't do anything different. I, in fact, I was still on the same diet that helped me lose weight in the first place. So I don't know. Did I hit a plateau in the diet? But it seems like a couple days ago or maybe a week ago, I was thinner than I am now, but I don't know. I don't know. It's like, but my memory is jumbled because as you have timelines, you now have the new memories of the new body you're in. And I think as we hop timelines and go up, 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 I think the other worlds or the other parallel universes are falling away or being eliminated behind us. It's also very strange. And I also know that every other day I'm bilocating to new places. And I don't think I did last night, but the night before I was in Borneo saving a monkey family in the jungle, which is very, very weird. I think I was in Borneo. Like I said, I think it was Borneo. That's a, you know, I heard when I said, where did I go? I know I went somewhere. I've been abducted by aliens in the past couple, um, a couple times in the past week as well. My life has been very, my multidimensional life has been very, very odd. So lots of bizarre questions have been coming up. Um, oh gosh. Uh, one of you wrote me and asked if we're talking to our ancestors, he said, if we're worshiping or praying 
to our ancestors, why didn't they reincarnate? And if they did reincarnate, do they still help us? And if they, you know, and then that brings up other, first of all, don't worship your ancestors. Don't worship and don't pray to people just because they were related to you in times past. You could talk to them and ask them for help like you would, you know, an aunt or an uncle or a grandpa who's still alive. You know, you're not going to pray and worship your grandmother. So don't do this for your ancestors. So that was like the first thing, you know, ask God, pray to God. You know, uh, God doesn't really want to be worshiped, but he does want to be loved. But the other, you know, so when, it, when you work with your ancestors, you can just ask who's ever in heaven and not incarnate who wishes to help you help you. Um, I don't believe like if I was in a different family, I was French in another lifetime. I'm not the ancestor anymore for that family. Who's continued my great, 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 great grand niece or whatever is not going to be calling upon me for help because I'm no longer even in that family. I'm not even, so that was another weird question. Like are the ancestors even there? (laughs) I feel like some of them are the ones that decided not to reincarnate and they're up in heaven. And if they feel like they're bored and they want to help us, sure. They can help us. They can pray for us or whatever, pray with us, you know, create more energy around an issue and bring more, you know, stuff to light. So that was a weird, very weird question. The ancestor question was very weird. I liked it because it really got me thinking about quite a bit of things. Um, Archangel Barakael and I have been speaking, he's incarnate also. And we've been talking about, you know, the idea that when we go to heaven, we're going to become archangels again, and we're going to never stop working for God. We are never not working for God. That's why we're all so exhausted, especially when we're in physical bodies, right? Cause we're always working for God. When I go to sleep, I'm doing shit for God always, you know, unless I say specifically, God, I can't work for you tonight. Please help me get a lot of rest. And those are usually the nights I sleep for six hours, but I wake up really well refreshed and well rested, which is also very odd. (laughs) Otherwise I'll sleep 12 or 13 hours and I worked all night. So what the hell? And, uh, (laughs) wake up unrefreshed. And so the other question that Archangel Brock, I and I were talking about were do archangels as humans become ascended masters. And then when we die, are we ascended masters or are we archangels? And I think my answer for this is we're both. When you become a human and you ascend from the flesh state to an ascended state, that's something you've earned, right? It's like getting a college degree. Like, you know, you're an ascended master and you know, and then you're always going to be an archangel, but right now you're an archangel incarnate, right? So that was a weird, that was a weird conversation that I really enjoyed because it brought up stuff like, wow, wait a minute. You've got me stumped. <laughs> How is that? Then I have to ask God about it. Like, you know, tell me about this. Cause I really want to understand this better. It's like, should I even be working towards this? Maybe I can't be an ascended master when I'm an archangel. Like it doesn't matter. I'm always going to be a worker for God. Right. But it's okay. It's like gain a degree. 
You know, if you're a human and you get an AA degree, you're a human with an AA degree. You're still a human. And if you're a human with a bachelor's degree or a PhD, you're still a human. But now you've got these degrees. You've gotten more experience and more knowledge and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think ascension, um, to be an ascended master, you know, um, I think, you know, attaining spiritual levels is just like getting spiritual degrees. So there's nothing uh, wrong with that. And there's nothing, um, you know, going to prevent you from becoming an ascended master. If you're in human form and archangels don't really like Archangel Gabriel is not incarnate right now. He's not really trying to ascend. He's already there. <laughs> you know, he's already in heaven. He's already at the highest level that he could go. But is it possible we could go higher? God said, yeah. Well, will all of heaven go higher than the ninth dimension eventually? Yeah. All right. So there it is. It's going to be more and more and more eventually. Right now, heaven has always been seventh heaven in the seventh dimension. Now they're moving to the ninth dimension as we're moving to the fifth. It's all going to be a mass move and across the, all the universe and many other channelers have gotten the same information that we're just the whole, everything, the whole universe is shifting upward. We're all going up a level. So very, very interesting, right? So anyway, let's hit it. Let's go to spaceweather.com. Find out what's going on in the, uh, <laughs> in the world of science and how it affects us spiritually. Uh, right now, the current solar wind speed is 347.6 kilometers per second. It's gone up um, in the past uh, couple hours from 336 earlier when I checked it like four hours ago. So uh, right now, uh, there is a crack in the Earth's magnetic field. And it is opening up. And it says, uh, this very weird way of putting it. It actually kind of gives me the creeps <laughs> right now. A minor crack is opening in earth's magnetic field as our planet makes first contact with a dense stream of solar wind. <laughs> I'm like, Holy shit. It's happening. I'm like in my mind when I saw first contact, I'm like, like under my breath, kind of whispering, it's happening. <laughs> like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. I'm like, oh my God, the aliens are here. I got to go outside. I must go and greet them. <laughs> but no, first contact with a dense stream of solar wind. Okay. In a little, in a little bit of a way, I'm kind of relieved. <laughs> Just a little bit. So uh, it says that um, it might set the stage for high latitude auroras during the early hours of July 28th, which I thought was yesterday, but it's actually in a few hours from now. So, well, it's in technically one hour, less than an hour. Actually, I'm filming this, recording this at 11, 10 PM. Actually, you know what it is? July 28th in all of Europe right now. That gives me such a weird feeling. Actually, it's July. It's 11, 11 right now where I am. And the gateway is open. 1111 <laughs> on 727. <sighs> that gives me a weird feeling. I think the last big flame, uh, plane I flew on was a 727. All right. Uh, there are sunspots that have simple, stable magnetic fields. They pose little threat for strong solar flares. There's only two of them right now. We're still on sunspot 25. We are now entering into the field. 
of the Southern Delta Aquarid Meteor Shower. The NASA's uh, network of all-sky meteor cameras detected five Southern Delta Aquarid fireballs over the U.S. And so there's one that was photographed over Mount Lemon in Arizona. And it's quite large. So um, that's cool. They're saying that five fireballs in one night is a good sign. I'm thinking it's a good sign of Armageddon, but okay. (laughs) I mean, meteors, yes. Fireballs, I mean, that just seems like big, massive, dangerous even. I don't know. Maybe they just mean meteorites. I don't know. Anyway, Ulu neutron counts right now. Percentages of the space age average are 8.5%, which means it's a high level. It's gone up in the past 48 hours by 4.4%. Can't forget that point. Gotta be very scientific. Solar wind is flowing from the northern coronal hall right now. It will be brushing Earth gently like a beautiful warm breeze tomorrow. It's already started because our uh, solar wind speed has picked up a little bit. It always picks up as we get closer to getting that (laughs) brush from the sun. Um, It's kind of like a hug or a little stroke across the cheek. (laughs) And if all of our electronics go down, it's like a slap across the face. But anyway, um, according to All Sky Fireball Network News and NASA's All Sky Cameras, which I just mentioned a little bit of, that was like an article. You can read it and and check out pictures of the fireballs if you want. But uh, anyway, according to this, the network reported 14 fireballs over the U.S. Seven were sporadic, five were Southern Delta Aquarids, one was an Alpha Capricornid, and one was a Perseid. So that's all quite interesting. Um... All right, so that's spaceweather.com news. And uh, HeartMath Institute is down. They don't have any information for us right now. Data is temporarily unavailable. That's been happening a lot more. A lot more glitches in electronics lately, which is weird because we are in a Mercury direct phase right now. It should not be affecting us. So we cannot blame it on Mercury. But according to the Schumann Resonance News coming from Italy and DisclosureNews.it, all they have is power nine and a blackout. So that's it. So nine hertz frequency, which is barely anything, and then absolute radio silence as the machine went down and it's just a complete blackout. I mean, the machine is fine. It's just that it's recording nothing because there's nothing to record. I don't know what that means. And we have no other news coming from uh, Heart Math, so oh well, it is what it is. So anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, guys. When I come back, we are going to go over new Mandela effects that may or may not affect you, but if they do affect you, please write me on Mermaid Girl 888, and that's. Uh, at, um, or I mean on Instagram. So at mermaid girl, eight, eight, eight is my handle. And that's spelled M E R M A I D G I R L eight, eight, eight. And for those of you that are new, it's a little cute story. Why did I choose that name? My little girl, when she was very, very little, um, 
asked me what can she be when she grows up and I said you can be anything anything your heart desires you can be anything in the world you want to be and she said I want to be a mermaid and I went oh shit I hate to break the news to you honey you cannot be a mermaid when you grow up because my husband and I decided not to ever lie to our kids about stuff like this and she was very angry at me for many, many days. And she was super, super cute. <laughs> super, super cute in her little stomping around the house for days. And, well, that became my email. <laughs> and that became my Instagram mermaid girl. And it became my nickname as well. Because that was just such a cute story. Everyone liked it. And then they called me mermaid girl because I look like a mermaid. So... <laughs> And I guess I have mermaid energy. I've had like random strangers walk up to me and go, Oh, you, you were a mermaid in a past life. And it's like, I do remember having gills on my neck in Atlantis, but I think that was more of a scientific experimental thing, but all right, I'll take it. I don't think I was an actual mermaid. Was I? No, God says no. (laughs) Very weird, very weird stuff. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take a quick break and, um, And when I come back, we are going to talk about the Mandela effects right after this. All right. So when I look up, uh, the Mandela effect or the Nelson Mandela effect, um, all it says is false memory syndrome, false memories. Um, people have uh, the inability to remember things the way they really were, etc., etc. But so the actual, like how it came about, is that Nelson Mandela was very popular in the 1980s. People loved him. He was the, what I remember is that he was the president of South Africa. And during apartheid, and he was a very well-loved, respected, and honored person. Everyone in the world loved this guy. He was charismatic and wonderful, had integrity. He was a great person. And then somebody did something, and he ended up in jail, and it was like a big deal. And kind of the way I remember it is he got out of jail and became the president And everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's the greatest guy ever. And he gave the world hope and joy. And there was like this energy of um, beauty and love around him. And I mean, I always felt like he was a saint, if not on his way to being an ascended master. I mean, he was very deeply um, in tune with his godlike nature. And that's at least my interpretation of who he was, right? And so when he died in the 1990s, I remember in the early 90s, I remember just being heartbroken. It broke my heart. He was just too young. He was just so amazing. And I just, I felt like he was too young, right? I was just, um, saddened. And I remember mourning his loss for like a week or two. Like it really affected me deeply for some weird reason. I mean, I didn't know the man personally, obviously, but, um, it's just like when losses of just incredible people are, uh, 
felt across the world, you know, like everyone gets so sad. And I was feeling very sad about his death. And so mourning the loss and then, you know, gain over it and then moving on with life, yada, yada, yada. Well, when I looked up the Mandela effect, it said that he died in the 1980s, according to false memories of people, like large groups of people remember that he didn't die in the nineties. Like I remember, this is a whole nother Mandela effect. Some people remember that he died in the eighties. Well, I graduated high school in 1986 and I don't think I even knew who he was in 1986. So I think, and I went to university in 1987 well, 86 and 87, then I took a year off, went back in 89. So I don't believe he even died during my timeline until the nineties. Cause it was later when I was in, um, a different university. So I don't think that for me, I think he died in the nineties. Well, this person, um, was saying that someone had said that they thought that he died in the eighties. And what's really freaky about this is we all, had this weird, deep sense of loss that he had died. And then all of a sudden he died in 2013 (laughs) again. And everyone was like, what the fuck? This guy was already dead, right? We already mourned his loss. And now we feel like we haven't paid attention to the guy for 23 years. Like, how does that kind of happen? Like, what the hell? And so what I remember is that he went to jail and then got out, became president. And he was like a national hero. What, when I looked it up the last time I looked it up, what had happened, um, (laughs) this is several timelines ago. Um, he, they were trying to get him in jail. He was framed somehow. Turned out he was, it was his wife who had, um, winning Mandela. So, okay. The way originally I remember is that she became the president and everybody loved her and she was a national hero in place of her husband because her husband was in jail. And then when um, we found out that he died in 2013, suddenly he had been the president for all this time and his wife had been found to be corrupt and she tried to throw the election in his favor um, and she got caught like changing the ballots or something. And, and she was the one who had been like in jail for 20 years. But he was also in jail for 20 years. So, it, but depending on what timeline you're on, either he was or either she was, or maybe they both weren't, or I don't even know now. I literally don't even know what everyone is saying as the group think anymore. But um, apparently, according to this right now, Nelson Mandela um, is deceased and he died in 2013. So eight years ago versus like in the 90s and or the 80s. And he was born in 1918. So it's all really, really, really weird. And so now scientists and um, a lot of psychologists are calling this uh, the Mandela. Well, they don't call it the Mandela effect. They call it false memory syndrome, false memories. um, You know, people are just lying or suddenly you know, mass consciousness, you know, like millions of people remembered him dying in the eighties or nineties and millions of people suddenly have false memory syndrome. Like I call it bullshit on that. A lot of people are saying this is, um, an unusual phenomenon that proves that we are 
hopping timelines. Timelines are freaking collapsing. We're all like being shoved back into, you know, uh, like into one, like we're being unified. And as we're unified with ourselves, our one true nature, our God, etc., etc., we are unifying our parallel universe lives, our parallel universe selves. And I know that that's happening from a quantum viewpoint. I know that it's happening. And I know, um, like I just told you guys a whole bunch of weird, what you could call almost like Mandela effects, even though they're personal in my life, I see a difference. I feel when I'm hopping a timeline and I told you guys about the, uh, the first time it happened to me when I sneezed and my heart stopped. And in that moment, I like saw behind the scenes, like from the other side of this matrix in which we find ourselves living. And I talked to the beings that put us on other timelines and our memories are always wiped so that we believe everything is as it always was. And sometimes we'll have a funny notion like, huh, the silver watch, I thought it was gold. That's weird. I'll just blow it off. Oh, well, Maybe I didn't have no coffee today. And then you just never think about it again. But what's weird with the Mandela effect, suddenly millions of people are waking up to the fact that, holy shit, the world is definitely different. I remember uh, watching as a kid the the Kennedy assassination footage, for example. And um, there was only four people in the car. But when you go to Dallas, Texas, I saw a YouTube video on this, which is really freaky there's a car that's the exact replica of the car and there's it's a six-seater car and two people in the middle row are facing backwards but down the street there's a guy who says he has an exact replica of the kennedy assassination car in dallas texas and there's a it's a four-seater like i remember and it's a four-seater without a drop top it's just a normal car but the six-seater is a drop top and there was no top it was the top was down (laughs) Oh God. I mean, there's like millions of, not millions of examples, but I mean, there's hundreds, maybe that might even be thousands of examples, but what the world remembers and argues about like things like there was a, an alien invasion in California, like in the sixties and nobody ever heard of it, but suddenly someone found it in an archive and everyone's like, what the hell? Like, how come that wasn't mainstream news? Like in the 50s or 60s, this happened. Um, there was um, war uh, during World War II had come to um, like the East Coast now. But I came from a world in which that never happened. In fact, when the, when the towers, the, the uh, Twin Towers were struck during the domestic terrorism 9-11 thing, my memory is that they said on the news, this is the first time war from, you know, like another country has come to U.S. soil. And it was a big deal. And they kept talking about that over and over and over again. But now, because of the Mandela effect, guess what? That's not true. In World War II, it did happen that way. So anyway, I have some new ones for you guys tonight that we're going to talk about. And some of them I don't have as a memory at all. Like, what? <laughs> you know, it just, I don't even know. And some of them I don't know anything about because it's not anything that ever interested me. But, um, some of these might really blow your mind. Okay. So, um, now, uh, 
the new Mandela effects according to all time. Uh, the first one, okay, think about in your mind the Sydney Opera House in Sydney, Australia. Think about the shape of the building, what it looks like. Those beautiful white seashell shaped, um, like three, it's like three seashells, you know, um, it's what it looks like, right? And it's beautiful, right? You know, created so that you can have this beautiful harmonious sound. And it is one of the most photographed buildings in the world. And ironically, there was a picture of, of Nelson Mandela right before he died in front of the Sydney Opera House giving a speech. So it's kind of weird that the Nelson Mandela effect is now affecting this. Um, <laughs> um, so how many buildings, when you see this in your mind, how many buildings do you see? Is it one building with three parts of the seashell? Like really incredible, right? Well, actually now there are two buildings that look identical, like twin seashells next side by side. And then there's a third tinier seashell like building behind the other two. So instead of one big building, it's now three, which is really, really weird. So that's our first one. Uh, the second one is, um, Stanley Kubrick, the famous director made, uh, 2001, a space odyssey, which if you remember like a year ago when, um, the pandemic hit, uh, somebody about that time, somebody found, um, a monolith <laughs> and they started acting just like the, uh, apes did in the beginning of this movie, which is freaking hilarious. That blew my mind. It made me laugh so hard. And then the monoliths were all over, all over the world. It was so funny. But this movie was made the year I was born. It came out in 1968, and it is a classic movie. It is strange and slow-moving. I mean, it starts off with the monolith and the, and the, um, the apes finding it and kind of freaking out over the monolith. And then it just shows um, just a man, he's on a mission, he's in space, he's by himself with only the computer to talk to him. And the man's name is Dave and the computer always says his name and it kind of sounds a little snarky sometimes and there's not much dialogue. In fact, there's hardly any dialogue at all in this whole movie. It's in um, 142 minutes and there's less than 40 minutes of dialogue in the whole movie. And so when you hear a line from the movie, you're like, uh, you definitely know it's from that movie. Like for me, the most famous line is, um, stop, Dave, you're killing me, Dave. Like that. I just, that's like one of my favorite lines. I don't even know if that line exists in the movie now. I've have so many timelines. Who the hell knows? But that was my favorite line. I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, and I've, I've said it my whole life, you know, like when someone's like making me laugh so hard, I'll say, stop Dave, you're killing me, Dave. You know, like for me, it's like a big, it's obviously kind of funny. Right. So, um, when he was like literally killing the computer, sorry for the spoiler alert, but it is a 53 year old movie. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen it by now, but, um, anyway, um, 
it's a good movie to see when you're super, super, super high and or drunk. Um, by the way, it's just so slow moving. It's just so hard for my ADHD mind to keep up with it. Like I was just, uh, so, so bored. So I got very drunk and high and that helped quite a bit the first time I saw it. So anyway, um, one of the most famous lines though, besides the one I remember is good morning, Dave. And that's what the computer says. But apparently, even though everybody remembers that line, supposedly, uh, that line's not even in the movie anymore and everyone remembers it, but it's not there. That's very weird, right? All right. So the next one, um, let's, uh, fast forward to Florida. (laughs) Why is it always Florida in my shows, right? Mascot, the mascot of Epcot center in front of Epcot center. There's a big, um, purple dragon character that is called figment. And he is in front of the building called the imagination pavilion. And so of course his name is figment. How cute. I've never been there. I don't know anything about this. I couldn't say if this is weird or not, but if you are familiar, if you've ever been to mascot Epcot center and when you're there, I mean, mascot, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not called that. It's called the Epcot center at Walt Disney world. Sorry about that. I wrote the word mascot in front of it. So just so that's what it is. So he's like the mascot of this section of Walt Disney world. Okay. So if you've ever been there and you saw this, um, little critter, (laughs) you'll, you'll notice that he's like on posters and mugs and t-shirts and sweatshirts. And you know, he's, there's like stuffed animals made of him and everybody knows what he looks like. Well, there's a Mandela effect now that the end of his tail that had one point at the end now has two points on the end. And people are freaking out about that. It's like, no, he's always had one point on the end of his tail. Why would there be a split at the end of his tail? It like normally a dragon's tail will come to a point, but his is like a forked tail and people are kind of freaking out about that, I, I guess. So it's like a two pronged tail and people are like, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. And he's been uh, figment. The uh, purple dragon has been in front of the Epcot center since, uh, I think it says here, 1983. So people have known about this for a long time. People that have gone there, you know, once or more than once they're aware of it. So they're kind of like freaking out about it. Right. So now this one is really strange. I do kind of remember this vaguely, but there are missing emojis, missing emojis. If you want to go to all time, he has a big um, explanation for how like there has to be a committee that it, it costs you $20,000 to be on the committee to choose whether or not an emoji gets picked to be an emoji across all platforms like Facebook, whatever, you know, Facebook, Insta, you know, WhatsApp, all of these, they all have like different, um, slightly different artwork, but you know, there's always like the, emoji where that's laughing, laughing, crying. And there's an emoji that's smiling, the emoji that's kissing the emoji that has like hearts all over its face. Like, you know, there's like all the emojis, even though the artwork looks slightly different in all the different platforms, it's like a universal 
um, emoji thing. There's like a committee that votes on them. I didn't know this until I saw this video today. So do you guys remember, and a lot of people are freaking out about this burglar emoji. Do you remember a burglar emoji, which is a person running really, it looks like they're running and they are wearing a black and white striped long sleeve shirt with black pants. And they're carrying a bag of gold that has a, um, symbol of money on it, like running with the money. Well, that emoji just does not exist. It doesn't exist anymore. And the, uh, emoji people insist that it's never existed. And apparently millions of people are now crazy because they remember this burglar emoji. Not only do people remember a full person burglar emoji, but they also remember the close up of the face of the burglar emoji where it's, um, a, there's a man and a woman one that people remember where he, they have like a black mask across the eyes, like a raccoon. And they've got a, um, a black hat on and a black and white striped shirt also holding a bag of gold that one, those also don't exist anymore. So it was like a man and a woman emoji running. And then a man and a woman emoji, just like from the shoulders up and they don't exist anymore. That's really weird. Now this is not the only missing emoji. This is not the only ones that, um, people are like kind of weirded out that, that don't exist anymore. So there are more, um, there also is no longer a, um, hiker emoji that's holding a walking stick. And some people insist that they remember using that hiker emoji to, uh, show, um, like their trials or tribulations. Like, look, it's been a long hike. And then they'll put the hiking emoji. It's been a long, you know, road to walk or whatever. And uh, the emoji people insist that this has never been ever an emoji. And people are like, no, but I used it in like, what? I used to use it in my posts all the time. Now it's gone. Where'd it go? And then people now are saying, no, that never existed. So bizarre, right? And there has never, it no longer exists or it never has existed. There apparently has never been a seahorse emoji. Now I kind of remember a seahorse. In fact, I remember a fairy emoji. No one talked about that, but I do remember a man, uh, emoji and a, a woman emoji that were fairies like from the, the head up and also, I mean the, the, um, shoulders up and also like a complete fairy emoji. And I haven't seen that one in a while either. And, and I, all these timelines I've hopped Sometimes there's not a unicorn emoji. I've noticed. It's like, where the hell's a unicorn emoji? Why do they keep getting rid of the unicorn emoji? Then I hop a timeline and it's like, I just must have been crazy. I didn't see the unicorn. Now there it is. There's a unicorn emoji again. You know, like there's some emojis that I use a lot. And they just, there's some emotional ones that I just, they, they don't exist anymore. There was an, oh my God emoji. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I haven't seen that one in a while either. The OMG, it says, it's like a peep, a person, like it's just around, like, you know, yellow faced, um, like happy face, but it's like with this shocked look and it says OMG in huge, uh, letters next to his head. I don't, I haven't seen that one in years. 
I don't, do you guys remember that one? Anyway, that's not on the list, but there's a lot of emojis that I'm like, where the hell's that emoji I used to use? But, um, so another one that you might miss now that I mention it is the peas in a pod emoji. They insist it never existed. A pointy swordfish apparently never existed. That's one that I used to use a lot and it just doesn't, it's not an emoji. And it always was in my mind. I remember a swordfish was always an emoji. Apparently it doesn't exist any longer. A water bottle emoji also does not exist any longer. Do you guys remember a water bottle emoji? I remember from a long time ago and they say, no, there's never been a water bottle emoji. So I don't know. (laughs) Either they're lying to us or they're from a different timeline. I don't know. Okay. So here's the next one. This one's really freaking weird. The moon. Think about the moon and all the pictures you've seen. When you look up at the moon from just when it's a full moon, when it's close to the earth and it looks enormous in the sky on the horizon, what color is the moon? When you see it in pictures that NASA has put out, when you see it, when people have their telescopes, even on spaceweather.com. Now this one is freaking me out because even as, as soon as like a week, well, okay, several, 10 time, 10 timelines ago, the moon was to me a cream color. (laughs) It's white or a cream color, right? It's the moon. It's reflecting the sun. It's, it's freaking bright. I mean, it went slow on the horizon and sometimes there's a blood moon. It looks red, but then as it goes up into the sky, it no longer, you know, goes from red to pink, kind of orangey. And then it looks like the normal white off white moon. It is right. (laughs) Well, according to the now pictures, you could go look up from NASA directly. The moon is red. (laughs) <laughs> like what the actual, butt? <laughs> the moon is a reddish color because it's been rusting. The moon is rusting for years now. And NASA has talked about it. And there's apparently a big to do about the rusty moon. What, <clears throat> what the hell? I don't get it. Uh, they say it's because of all the hematite on the moon. Now, how the hell is the moon rusting? I mean, this is completely insane because think about what does it take for something to rust? Well, I live at the ocean. (laughs) I live a couple blocks to the ocean and what does it take for it to rust here? Well, salt air, air, (laughs) oxygen, rust is an oxygenation process, right? So you need water and you need oxygen (laughs) and even some kind of salt, right? It seems to me that will rust shit, but how the hell is this happening on uh, a planetoid or whatever, or a moon satellite to our planet? How's it happening when there's no atmosphere, there's no oxygen and there's no water? (laughs) How the hell is it rusting? It doesn't make any sense. So I saw these pictures on his video and he's like, look at the moon. Why is it freaking blue and white and rust colored? What? 
how is the moon three different colors when it's always just been white or off white or you know in the black and white photos it looks just looks gray and white but what that's really where I remember looking at a picture a very up close picture of the moon like two or three weeks ago and it was like an off-white creamy color someone took like a backyard telescope you know they had an excellent telescope and they zoomed really far into the moon you know and it was like very up close picture and it was that creamy colored white that I remember it to be it's never been reddish rusty color ever what the actual hell is going on (laughs) so we hopped a timeline and got a new moon or i mean it's this stuff is freaking weird this stuff is really weird all right so i have a lot more notes than i thought i just moved this over so i need to go a little faster here all right so um our place in the universe has moved now this is not a new mandela effect i remember talking about this i think two years ago on this very show our place in the universe has moved have you ever seen the poster that says you are here and it has a picture of us in the Sagittarius arm of the Milky Way galaxy and it's a picture of our whole Milky Way galaxy and way way over to the left there's a little speck and there's a little arrow and it says you are here this is a novelty poster that I remember and this is like all due to all the scientific you know research of NASA and whatnot and this is uh, I mean this was like something that was a very famous poster when I was in high school in the mid 80s okay so this is something that was near and dear to my heart. I always thought it was such a cute, fun, snarky, tongue-in-cheek poster. Because, you know, it's my kind of weird, warped sense of humor. You are here. It's like, you know, like that's not helping anybody, right? You know, it's like not really a map that any of us can use because we can't leave the planet. So I always thought it was just funny. And I remember going to Spencer's. And always laughing at it every time. Like, oh my God, this is such a funny poster. I remember it. And now, when you look up that poster, it's more like we're in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. Now in the Orion portion, or the Orion area, in the center, the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. When you think from left to right, from the edge to the edge, our Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across. Now, I know my soul is old, but this body remembers that poster from, you know, like 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago. How the hell did we move 50,000 light years across the Milky Way galaxy in only 40 years? What is a light year? A light year means if you are traveling for the length of time of a year on earth at the speed of light for a solid 365 days, that's one light year. There's no fucking way we've moved from the very edge, the left part, the little speck. And there's even a a video of Carl Sagan 
talking about how we're not even that important. We're not even in the center part of the Milky Way galaxy. We're way off to the left. We're like a tiny little speck in the middle of nowhere. We're like in the countryside. He literally said that. We're like in the countryside. <laughs> we're not even in the center of town. We're not even in a city. You know, if you looked at the Milky Way galaxy as a city, or I mean as, as like a, a country or a state or something. So how the hell did we move? Now, what's really freaking weird about this is um, apparently, according to NASA, we have never, ever been in the Sagittarius arm, and we have always been in the Orion area of the Milky Way galaxy. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson said jokingly on a TV show, and there's a clip on the all-time video of this. He said, um, uh, one day, I mean, I'm sorry, what did he say? No, he said that we are living in the Sagittarius arm. People said, where are you? And he said, we're here in this city, in this state, in this country, in this planet, blah, blah, blah. But he went through the whole thing and was like, and we're in the Sagittarius arm of the Milky Way galaxy. He literally said that. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's a scientist. He said it. Carl Sagan said it. It was on the damn poster that NASA put out. Like, I think it was NASA put out the poster when I was a kid. I mean, I always thought they did. I assumed they did. So how the hell did we change? And why is there no damn explanation for this? (laughs) How could we have moved 50,000 light years from where we started out in 40 years? It makes no damn sense. So NASA insists that we've never, ever, ever, ever been in the Sagittarius arm, but no one ever mentions that that was a mistake. People are ignoring the fact that that poster exists, that all these people said it. And also, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find NASA documents from the 1980s and 90s that say we're in the Sagittarius freaking arm of the Milky Way galaxy. So what the hell? I mean, you find the, the people talking about it. It's not a false memory syndrome. So the people that claim that, they just have their heads up their asses. <laughs> you know, well, let's just hide behind a, a neurological or, a, you know, like a psychological disorder. Like suddenly everyone, half the world has a mental health disorder. Mm, I think not. Eh, sorry. We live in a quantum universe. We're multidimensional beings. And we are being heavily fucked with as we hop timelines. And as timelines collapse into one another, as the parallel universes are collapsing into one another, and as we have multiple sets of memories now from multiple things like this. It's just my explanation, but it's just the way I just feel like it's true. What were you taught about the pyramids in Giza, Egypt? What did they tell you? about them. Did they tell you that perhaps they were tombs and all the kings of Egypt were buried there? Like Pharaoh Amen and King Tutankhamun and Ramses the Great (laughs) and all, all of the, you know, Akhenaten, that they were all buried in the pyramids. Some people have the memory that that's that's what they remember. Now, what I remember is they say that that's where they were buried, but they never found a tomb. 
so they don't know why they're burial chambers and yet no one was ever buried in them. So that's what my memory is. But some people are remembering it that they were taught that they did find the bodies and the burial stuff inside the pyramids, which is really weird. That's what they were taught in grade school. Now, what I know is that they were all buried out in um, Kings Valley. That's like Kings Valley is where all the kings are buried, obviously, right? That's what I remember anyway. But how do you remember it? Now, if you remember it differently than how I remember it, or if you remember it the way I remember it, but it's different than what they're now saying, it's all kind of weird, right? So I'd like to know. I'd like for you guys to write to me and tell me if uh, any of these uh, are <laughs> irritating you as much as it irritates uh, a lot of other people. And some of these are kind of upsetting me as well. Now, um, some of the kings were not buried in the King's Valley. Some of them were buried in, um, I can't remember the place. It's like another section of Egypt, but none of them, from what my memory is, were ever buried or found in the pyramids, even though they did teach us that's where they were buried, that they were burial chambers. But they also said, so they said that's what they are, but also no one was ever found there. But I do kind of have one memory of seeing a book where they said, this is a king's chamber um, below the pyramid, and this is where they buried the bodies. And there was a book I checked out, <laughs> God, every month at the library, the Los Angeles County Library. My mom would take me, and I would check out books for a week or two. And then we'd go back in two weeks, and we would take them. And I always checked out where the wild things are still one of my most favorite books. I loved the movie. It just was like a dream come true that that became a movie for me. <laughs> and then this, this weird book on Egypt, I could not stop reading. I was obsessed with Egypt and the way that they buried people in jars and they took their organs out of their bodies and they, they killed their cats and put their cats in and they worshiped cats. And it was like, it was all so freaking bizarre. But I mean, as the Archangel, the original Archangel of Death. I am Archangel Azrael, right? Now, I didn't know when I was a kid that that's who I, my secret identity that I discovered just a few years ago. But of course I'm going to be obsessed with death, right? But even in that book, it said that the pyramids were burial chambers, but only one, like underneath one pyramid and kind of off to the side, there was like one like section of where it looked like maybe someone was buried or some jars were found, but it wasn't a complete, like they never found the body or something, you know? And, and I remember that book just, I was fascinated by it. So that's another weird one, right? Okay. So the next one is very short. Uh, have you guys ever heard of Dorian Gray? It's a very, very famous literature book. Now the book is about a portrait of a man that gets older as he progresses in time and yet beautiful Dorian Gray remains beautiful because the painting is taking a hit for him so every time he should have been aging it all goes to the painting because it's magic because somehow he's 
a wizard or something, right? Nobody really knows. It's a mysterious painting. And the painting, as he progresses in time, the painting gets older and older and older, and he remains youthful and beautiful while all of his friends age and die. (laughs) So what's the name of the book? Is it The Portrait of Dorian Gray? Or is it the picture of Dorian Gray? How do you remember it? I remember it as the picture of Dorian Gray. And there was a movie made, black and white movie about it. And I think there was even a newer movie made about it. I think it was all called The Picture of Dorian Gray. And that is the name of the book. However, a lot of people are now remembering it as The Portrait of Dorian Gray. And... Because it, it was about a portrait, not a picture, because it was written before cameras existed. <laughs> it was written in a time period where there was no cameras. So what, why is it a picture? It's a portrait. Very weird, right? What about the man in the iron mask? What's his mask made of? Obviously, it's in the title, man in the iron mask. But apparently, no, 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 not anymore. Read the book. He is in a velvet mask. (laughs) What? What the hell? You can't make some... It's like, what? We've hopped to a weird freaking timeline. That's all I've got to say. Neil Armstrong. He was the first man to step foot on the moon, right? Okay, yeah, he's still the first man to step foot on the moon. What do you remember him saying? What I remember him saying is that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But apparently what he said now is that's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. I don't hear it. I, I listened to it and I could not hear it. But the guy who was saying this said he can hear, he can't not hear the, uh, like one small step for a man. I don't hear him saying it, but it, it's freaking weird. All right. The next one is, uh, about super Mario brothers, Nintendo game, the very, very famous Nintendo game. Now, if you've ever played this or you have, uh, you know, people in your life, like parents or even grandparents that played this game, ask them about it. If you, if you didn't play this, I did not play it. Um, my sister would remember this cause she was obsessed with video games. She loved this one. And at the end of every level, you see, um, the, uh, mushroom, <laughs> the adorable mushroom, He says, um, thank you, Mario, but now there's this next word is what's weird. Okay. But blank princess is in another castle. So what does he say there? Cause some people remember it as, but the princess is in another castle. Thank you, Mario. But the princess is in another castle. So now you have to go to another level, of course, to rescue the princess from the castle. Some people remember it as, but your princess is in another castle. Thank you, Mario, but your princess is in another castle. 
But what it actually is, the real answer, guys, is our, O-U-R. Thank you, Mario, but our princess is in another castle. How do you remember it? I remember people playing it in front of me. I remember it as the, but the princess is in another castle. (laughs) Because why would it be his princess? I mean, it's, I don't know. Very weird. Very, very weird. All right, now the next one is, it it blew my mind. Blew my freaking mind. Charles Lindbergh, what is he famous for? He's famous for the very first transatlantic flight for going from New York to Paris nonstop. And the fastest flight on May 20th, 1927. And it took him only 33 hours. And at that time, that was like massive. And he did it solo. (laughs) And he became famous. He wrote a book. He was in the papers. He was America's hero. He's a pilot that did this amazing feat. So, I mean, I wasn't alive in 1927. How do I know about this is because in Trivial Pursuit in the 1980s, in the late 80s and early 90s when Trivial Pursuit was all the rage at parties and on family game nights. My my mom and my stepdad, we played it. Even my husband and I played Trivial Pursuit with the original. There's questions about Charles Lindbergh. Even in Trivial Pursuit, I remember this. But guess what, guys? I'm going to blow your freaking mind right now. Apparently, he's not a piloting hero for the world. In fact, he flew across the Atlantic Ocean eight years after 81 other people did the same freaking thing. He's a nobody in the who's who of pilots. And now he's to be forgotten to the, I shall say, annals of history. No, it's some annals. I don't know. I just, this, this, what the butt is happening here? Okay. I don't, I don't, I mean, he was such a national hero that when the Lindbergh baby, when his child was kidnapped, the nation was concerned. People poured heart, their hearts out to him because he was a national hero. They sent cards and letters and teddy bears and, 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 and held vigils and the, the heartfelt condolences were given to him by a private phone call by the president of the time because he was so important. He was a national piloting hero, but apparently now he was the 82nd person to ever make a trip across the Atlantic Ocean. In fact, the first person was Albert C. Reed, R-E-A-D. And he, in 1919, eight years before, made apparently the first flight across the Atlantic Ocean. And three weeks later, the second people to go across the Atlantic Ocean were John Alcock and Lieutenant Arthur Brown. Um, 
John Alcock was a captain and Lieutenant Arthur Brown, so they're in the military. And, and Albert C. Reed, by the way, is a lieutenant commander, also in the military. And then, um, so like, so that's, so all these other people did this like eight years before. Now, in 1924, there was a flight uh, be, made by um, Howell H. Smith and Eric H. Nelson. And they flew around the whole world in 1924 from Seattle all the way around the globe back to Seattle, 26,100 miles. So that's a bigger feat than just going across the Atlantic Ocean, right? And that happened in 1924. So Charles Lindbergh made his uh, famous flight in 1927. So how the hell did he become such a big deal if that never happened? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense, right? But hey, that's the way it is now. <laughs> we, we went to a timeline in which eight years before he did this, other people did it. Freaking weird. It's freaking weird. Now this next story is near and dear to my heart. Robert Smith of The Cure sang the famous song, the wonderful song, Friday, I'm in love. Do you know you guys know this song? Every now and again, I get in a Cure mood, and I cannot stop listening to The Cure. They're one of my favorite bands. I love The Cure. That's that song, um, you know, about basically, he doesn't care, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Thursday doesn't even start because it's Friday. I'm in love. It's a clever clever song well one day uh he woke up kind of like singing the song had the whole song and he was like whoa and he's like he believed that the song existed already it appeared out of nowhere he just suddenly knew it out of nowhere and then he thought he stole it he like he wrote it all down and he started playing it on his guitar and he knew it from the beginning like wow this song like boom like you know today i don't know the song and then the next day i totally know everything about the song I have the music, I've got the lyrics, I'm singing it. It's my favorite song. It's an incredible song and it's different than all the other music I've ever done. So I must have stolen it from somebody and he started asking everybody he knew. It's another weird kind of, it's a Mandela effect that happened to Robert Smith. So it's more of a personal one, but it's weird, right? Because it's one of the songs that they're known for the world over. And what's weird is it was recorded in D major, which is a chord that he never recorded any of his other songs on that album. They're all in a different um, chord. They're all in a different pitch as all the others. He swears he heard it before and he called everybody he knew in the musical world. Like, do you know this song? And he would sing the song and people were like, no, I've never heard that before. He's like, okay. And he just called everyone he knew because he thought he was, he's like plagiarizing it. He was so worried because it's unlike anything he'd ever written. But he put it on the album and became one of their number hit, number one hit singles, right? So it was just weird because he knew it completely out of the clear blue ether. He knew it out of nowhere, and it was just he couldn't get out of his head until he made it a song that he put on this album. All right, so, okay. Apparently... The same trip <laughs> was taken by Sir Paul McCartney. 
And he woke up with a song in his head. And so this is his personal, uh, <laughs> this is one of his personal Mandela effects. And the same thing happened with the song yesterday. He had different lyrics in the beginning, something about scrambled eggs and his wife's legs, okay? I mean, the original lyrics weren't all that great, but he had the tune in his head, and he knew it was going to be called Yesterday. And he woke up just singing the song, and he's like, I must have heard the song the other day. And he started doing the same thing, asking everybody, asking, asking, asking. Do you know this song? Have you ever heard of this song? This is weird. I don't know anything about this song, right? So in the Yesterday movie... Um, there's a movie literally called Yesterday that was made in 2019, so a couple of years ago. It is a movie, and this is another, which is a weird thing connected to that. So basically, Sir Paul McCartney, basically, they went on. Yesterday is one of the biggest, you know, Beatles songs ever, ever recorded. And um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, the same, but it is the same thing. It was like, I know I made this song, or I know that somebody else made the song. I just, how do I know it out of nowhere? All right, so there's that. But there's a movie called Yesterday. And this is really weird. And this was pointed out by the guy who does All Time in the YouTube channel. So, okay, Mandela Effect is for one man alone. And no one in the whole wide world remembers at all the Beatles because they never existed. He has all of their albums memorized, all their music memorized. He loves the Beatles. And one day he wakes up and no one has ever heard the song yesterday. No one has ever heard of the Beatles. No one knows what the hell he's talking about because they never existed. And it's just his own personal Mandela effect. It's a song. It's a movie. Apparently came out two years ago. I did not hear of the movie. It sounds incredible. And I cannot wait to look it up and and try to find it because it sounds really, really really interesting. But anyway, there you go. That's the last one. I just thought that was, I mean, that, that's not really a Mandela effect, but it's very weird. It's a weird concept and I love it. Love it. So it's ironic that, uh, the, the song yesterday is a Mandela effect for Sir Paul McCartney. Cause he was just, he was uh, kind of in, in a way, it's kind of weird, just a weird thing. Like you wake up one day and you have a song in your head and you like, Oh yeah. And then you ask around, like, oh, I must have made that up. And then it turns out no one's ever heard of it because it is your song. Now, I do have a weird explanation that might be possible. I've mentioned this a few times recently, actually. Okay, so when this is typical, but not right now, it's no longer this way. It was this way forever, for all of our lifetimes. We had the ability to go back endless times and relive every life that we've ever lived. So say you have a life, you know, you live in France or whatever, and you're not satisfied with the way you played things out or you loved the life so much. You missed it immediately when you left it and you'd like to go back. So you get a choice. Do you want to go back and relive this life again and make different choices? Or do you want 
to just stay in heaven and contemplate the life. You get a choice. And usually, most of us apparently, since we are created by God, who is the epitome of a perfection himself, we are perfectionists from a soul level. And we go back 10 times, 20 times, hundreds of times, sometimes thousands of times, living the same life over and over and over again, making different choices, or maybe not. Maybe making the same choices to see if we would have made a different choice if we had the ability to go back. Now, I don't know why I made all the fucking mistakes I've made in this life knowing that now, I know that now, you know, <laughs> Nicolas Cage and in that, <laughs> that movie, hey, I know that now. <laughs> You're not supposed to sell your wife and lose her in a poker game. <laughs> it's what his wife says in that movie. <laughs> hey, I know that now. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's like all this shit we should know, right? And yet we still make stupid choices. <laughs> this might be a thousand lifetimes we've had living this exact life we're in right this very minute. And this is the end. This is all she wrote, folks. This is it. Everybody is done. We are done, so We're never coming back to this life again. That's it. We're never coming back to the third dimension again. That's it. This is it. And that's why I think all this multidimensional crap is happening. All this insanity. All this really, really weird levels of high strangeness. All these glitches in this crazy cosmic bubble in which we find ourselves living. So that's it. It's another episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I do want to uh, mention before I go tonight that um, if you want a reading, I'm now open again to do the readings. So uh, message me on um, Instagram is the easiest way at mermaid girl 888 you can write me an email at mermaid girl um or mermaid girl 888 at gmail.com or metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com i don't check that one very often but i will start now um you know every few days i'll you know write um you can also just look me up um elena fox starks is my name on facebook so that's how you find me um i will uh Talk to your higher self, your holy guardian angels, prime creator, um, God, the goddess, whatever you want me to, whoever you want me to talk to, your great aunt Tilly, whoever you want me to talk to on your behalf, I'll ask questions. You just send me a list of questions and I'll channel it. Um, I have been doing past life ones and I've been getting pretty cool visions of people's past lives recently. And I connected two friends together through an ex, an, an old past life. And it seems like the, those of you who are asking me to do a past life reading, apparently I, ha, I knew you in a past life too. <laughs> when you ask me if you and I knew each other, usually we did. It's weird. And a lot of you have found that in my readings it comes across. And it shocks me because there's some past lives I did not remember until this person asked me. 
and the last two people that asked me about their past lives and if I was connected to them, it turns out I was. That's so, so strange. So, um, I don't know if you want to, if you want a reading, uh, let me know. And, um, you know, I accept PayPal or Zelle and mermaid girl 888 it, at gmail is my, is, are those, it's how you get, you know, get to me, but just write me first and we will talk about what you want, what you're interested in. If you only have one or two questions, you know, I, I'll just tell you the answer for free. Usually if it's just like one question, um, or if you want tarot reading, I could do tarot or Oracle cards about any topic, financial, love life, anything. And, um, so that's it. I could talk to your spirit guides, your higher self, all of that. So anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm open again for, um, bookings for, uh, readings. Anyway, I love you guys. I love all of you very, very much. And I am grateful, uh, to have you listen to the show. You all are very special to me. So thank you. Write me anytime. Ask me any questions, um, ideas for the show, anything. Let me know. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.